This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Today on CityCast Boise, summer concerts are just around the corner and lots of touring bands are stopping in Boise. But it wasn't always like this. So today we're revisiting a conversation I had with Greg Hahn from Searle's Place. He shares his theory of how isolation shaped our arts and culture scene for good and not so good. It's Tuesday, May 30th. I'm Emma Arnold, and this is what Boise's talking about. Hi, Greg. Thanks so much for being here. Oh, yeah, I'm really excited. So I heard that you have a theory about Boise's isolation and how it helped form our arts and culture scene in the early 2000s and 2010s, and I would love to hear it. Oh, sure. It's, I I just think that isolation has sort of always forced a level of kind of DIY attitude, right? No one's going to come to Boise and do it for you. You can't just pop in the car and take care of something you need taken care of in a nearby city. It all has to happen here. And I think that's, you kind of get into the last 20, 25 years. And I think you could really see that. You could see that in like, I was thinking about the Neuralux, right? Which was such a huge spot. And, uh, you know, mid nineties, you know, people were just kind of getting to be old enough to need a place to go. And that was sort of became uh, like a kind of a touch point for a lot of folks who decided to stay in Boise because all of a sudden they had this place that they could kind of gather. These places that were sort of early, I would say kind of little crucibles of, of art and culture. And you would see everybody there and you would kind of connect. Can you give me some examples of that? Like art that's occurred because of that isolationism? Well, I think there are places that have occurred from it. The VAC is a great example, right? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, you know, there were... You know, the, the famous story is that the bands were would just kind of draw, would spend the night here on their way from Salt Lake to Portland, right? And one day, uh, Doug Marsh ran saw the guys from Yola Tango and are like, what are you doing here? And they're like, oh, we're not playing or anything. We're just hanging out. And and, it, and he's told that story over the years. And it kind of was this, just this great emblem of like, well, why aren't we capturing some of this as it comes through? And part of it is because, you know we just didn't have the infrastructure to sort of make other people think that maybe you would stop here. And there are people who listen to music, I guess. But that said, there was always, there was always local music going on, but in that kind of sort of build it yourself way. And then, you know, the biggest example of course is tree fort in my mind. Um, yeah. You had to figure it out, make it up. It makes me think of the comedy scene. Cause the comedy well, scene right. is really, really similar to that. Like you were saying, like when I first started out, Everybody skipped Boise, you know, everybody did Salt Lake to Portland and nobody came through Boise hardly. And that was one of when we were starting a comedy festival, we were like, how do we make it so people have a reason to come through here? And I spent a lot of time on the road telling people like, no, 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 don't skip it. It's really fun. And trying to convince people to add it to their tour dates. 
and and when people would play here, they were always like very shocked. Like my comedian and musician friends would be like, that crowd was amazing. And I'd be like, yeah, because they are really excited about entertainment, <laughs> you know, like very excited. Right. That was like 208, the 208 Comedy Fest. Is that? Yeah. The, yeah. yeah. I mean, that to me is another great example. And I think that's that's another really Boise characteristic is that it's a very welcoming and supportive place for music and art. You know, you if you met Tony Dore, he would never be like, oh, I'm a writer. And, uh, you know, what if you're in New York City and you met a Pulitzer Prize winning author or a future Pulitzer Prize winning author, you know, you weren't going to get the same kind of like support and genuine interest in your you and your writing that you get with Tony. And you're not going to get that with Doug, you know, you know, the, the, the leading musician in town or with you got, you know, when you were launching, I mean, when you're sort of the, when you have the people who are at the top of the game in the town, then creating the venues for the avenue for everybody else. I mean, that's a really unique kind of neat thing. And that just sort of set this tone, I think, for the town. And I just really love that about kind of Boise. It made me think of, um, like you brought up VAC. It made me want it made me want to talk about like because you're right, like Boise's so amazing about creating these like spots where like, you know, VAC has they have visual art, they have performance, they have music, you know, they're the home of Alley Rep, like they do so many things. And and also it made me think of uh modern art, which you I think you know, you were a part of and I I know like that was where the modern hotel used to give over their rooms to artists one night a year to transform their spaces. Right. Very cool idea. I did a couple different things in there. We did storytelling where we recorded people's stories. But I always felt like that was such a cool event because it blended all of those elements, you know, uh, of music and visual art and storytelling and performance, like all in in one space, partly because, you know, they were like, yeah, they're really there we don't have a ton of galleries we don't have a ton of venues so you have to get really creative and i think i think you're right that it creates very special things like that yeah i was just i mean i think that that attitude still sort of exists i was just in a planning session with the catalyst arts collaborative they they run the gem center for the arts up on the bench and and sort of the same thing as writers and painters and sculptors and and you know musicians and they're trying to figure out how do we kind of keep a sort of a core where we get together. I mean, the arts are, you know, in their nature, it's really an isolating pursuit. And so it's not always easy to get folks connected. And I think that's one of the things that we've done pretty well here. And it's, and because we had to do it, right? You almost have to be intentional about it. And I think that has become like a real crucible for for creativity. Yeah. I think what makes Boise a little special, I do think the isolation's played a big role, right? And that forces, I don't know, I think it's kind of creates creativity. I always think that, you know, constraints lead to better creativity. And I think that the isolation's sort of done that to Boise as a whole. What about these days, though? Like, do you think that that's still true? Is isolation still a factor since we have like so many new people moving in? Obviously, the internet, geographic barriers are like, it's easier to fly and stuff than it was in the 90s, you know, when... A lot of artists were com- like you were mentioning were coming up. I think it's different. I do think it's, and I I don't know if it's different. If the Boise people are necessarily different, we've finally gotten the size that people can kind of come in, and I think people now see Boise as a place where you can come and and launch something, whether it's an art career or a restaurant or you know a, another winery or a brewery. But it's it's not just kind of developing from within Boise, which I think it did for quite a long time. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. 
Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. You're in touch with artists all day as in your work as executive director of Searle's Place and when you're talking to artists, do you get the sense from people that Boise is a really tough place to make art today? Or it's people are saying, oh, it's so much easier than it was 10 or 20 years ago. No, well, it's the cost. I mean, the number one thing for artists who don't make a ton of money usually is how do they live and, and make their art, right? It's funny, though. I, I had moved here from New York. So I, you know, 20, 25 years ago, I moved to Idaho and have been here ever since, but I didn't grow up here. And in New York City in the mid-90s, it was a very hard place to live and full of artists, right? And in some ways, that sort of suffering is part of being really creative, I think. it's. And I, you know, you sit there and I was, back then I was more, wrote a lot more and uh, trying to get into fiction writing. And and you and I, it was like, why would I, why should I sit here and suffer when I can go get in the, go for a walk in the foothills or get on the green belt or, <laughs> you know, it's just, life was too easy. I mean, the place was super cheap. It was beautiful stuff all around, right? It was just very easy. Now that's good. You know, it's good that it was super affordable because people could be here, right? You could live in the North End and still sort of be a musician or a painter or a chef or an artist or, you know, Hauser. That's changed. So it's, this has always been true, but it's worse now. The legislature and its conservatism and where it's going, so different from Boise and how it feels that I've always sort of joked about Boise being like the Berlin of the 30s, right? It was going to, we're surrounded by all this sort of scary conservativeness. And then inside this bubble, there's this sort of like blossom of creativity going on. You know, it's one thing to create art when you're living a very easy, pleasant life and you don't really think a lot about the bad things going on. And it's another thing when everything's sort of in your face and you're sort of forced to kind of come to terms with it. No, I completely ag- I, I agree with you that like it's it's interesting before this, my perspective would have been like that that the last five, obviously the last three years with COVID and stuff have been really hard on artists yeah. here. And but also, you know, like you said, with a lot of like new legislation coming through and. I've lost half of my artist friends here, like have moved mm-hmm. to other places because they're like, why would I struggle to make a living? You know, from my own personal perspective, like it's very hard to make a living as an artist here and to stay here. I've had to tour quite a bit and like go out so that I can bring money back to the community because they're like, it's not sustainable just to produce shows here. Like, whereas if I lived in Denver, I have friends who live in Denver who they just do comedy locally and they can pay their bills doing that, you know, which here it was maybe never possible or very, very difficult anyway. Um, But with housing the way it is, like nobody's really getting away with that anymore. Like when it was cheap, we could kind of scrape by and you could make it. But it's gotten harder and harder, definitely. And it feels like we've lost a ton of people. Although I do think that Boise tends to do this up and down thing with population uh, historically. So in another three years, it could be fairly cheap here again. Who knows? You never have any idea. So and I think that there, because there's a temptation too, right? If it's about as expensive and hard to live in Boise as it is in LA, you're going to move to LA, right? I mean, it's just then because then you're in this mix in a different way. It's possible, I think, if the that maybe this sort of old DIY approach, if that stays strong and, you know, tree forward and the vac and I think established and genuine, I guess, authentic Boise arts 
places and experiences and people. I mean, I think that it's a strong enough scene now that I think young kids coming up here or maybe wanting to move here on their own, they might look at it differently than we do, right? I mean, that's all they've ever known. So they never paid, what was it? It was like two thirty-five fifty or something is how much I paid <laughs> for my room in a duplex over on 8th Street. So they don't know. <laughs> they don't know that that was possible. And so maybe they look at it a little differently. Yeah, that's true. And And I wonder, like, it used to be pulling teeth when I first started comedy to get people to pay for a long time, Boise people were expecting things to be so cheap that like, like if tickets were $15, people would squawk, you know, and that's really changed. I think like people have started to expect to pay for art and to be like, yeah, obviously this is not going to cost nothing. So maybe that will change too. Is like, maybe as an artist, you can actually make a living here um, instead of getting paid nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's rich people. Artists have always needed rich people back to the Medici's, right? So it's like, uh, and as a bunch of rich people have moved to Boise, uh, the, the trick is to get them to sort of recognize, I think, the value of Boise art. Yeah. Well, Greg, this has been a really fascinating conversation, and I'm super interested to see what happens to the Boise art scene in the next five years. I think, you know, with COVID, with housing, with everything, it'll be really interesting to see what that what we create out of that. It's going to be a challenge. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But thank you for having me. Well, thanks, Greg. <laughs> And one more thing before we sign off. Boise Dev is reporting that Sunshine Spice Cafe is adding a second location in downtown Boise. Already beloved by locals, the restaurant was recently in the spotlight nationally thanks to a James Beard Award nomination and a visit by Guy Fieri from Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. That's all for today here on CityCast Boise. If you enjoyed the show, why not tell a friend? Leave us a review and subscribe to our Hey Boise newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more local stories from around the city. Bye.